You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom Abrocha. This is one-on-one with Charlie Arari. It's been a number of weeks, but I have the great schus, I'm Avram Kivalevich, to be with Charlie Arari. And um, Charlie, uh, thanks for agreeing to be with us today. And uh, yeah. I know that uh, you know when we started this program, we sort of met accidentally. And uh, when I pitched the idea to you, and even in fact, the title one-on-one was really sort of like sports in a sense, like, <laughs> like playing a one-on-one basketball game. But Corona took over a couple of weeks into our uh, relationship and crisis and other things. And you, know, and you did your best, I got to admit, in many of the programs uh, to give some sort of sports uh, martial. And uh, I appreciate it. It's a, it's a testimony to your, um, your dexterity in, in inserting sports. In sports. Yeah. <laughs> and, but we have talked about it a lot. And I want to, you know, and, and I've, 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 I've asked you a couple of times about how you're doing in, in this period when there isn't any competitive sports. Um, you know, or if there is, I think it's maybe it's auto racing or something happening on some in New Zealand or something like that, or there's right. some golfing going on. I know that the sports fanatics or there's horse racing. There's something happening somewhere, some sort of horse racing that's being done in Las Vegas. I don't. I, I know that there's something happening, but our general conception of competitive sports, which is the pennant race that would be maybe heating up now, um, getting ready for really uh, the NFL and then the NBA, all that stuff is is is, is sort of been put. Uh, in uh in limbo of course you know we'll see money and other things will will kick in but i actually want to talk about something that a lot of sports fans have told me that has sort of been their been their fix um there has been a uh and again i'm not we're not promoting people take away time from limit i'll for this of course but there has been a program that many people rabbonim as well uh have been saying is help their sports fix and that is uh espn netflix uh, production, I think a 10-episode production of The Last Dance, which was what uh, Phil Jackson referred to as that last season of the um, uh, second three-peat. I think that was 97-98 season. But really, uh, the program, and I haven't seen uh, <laughs> I use my son-in-law's um, uh, link on to, to, to watch it. And um, having lived in Chicago for 20 years, and having lived in the Chateau there period, I believe the program is really more than just that last season. It's really a retrospective of that dynasty, that specific dynasty, that basketball dynasty that enamored the whole world, uh, the, the Chicago Bulls. And, I, and obviously the centerpiece of that uh, is that larger-than-life icon, uh, that living idol. <laughs> and if you've been to the United Center, you know what I'm talking about because there is that giant avodazar <laughs> of uh, the Pesel of Michael Jordan, uh, um, that, that superstar. And I think the, the, the show accurately, as far as I, what I've seen, and I'm sure you, you could say more, portrays who Michael is. Michael gave them uh, unlimited access to who he was. And uh, I guess the issue is not just to enjoy the incredible shots, but also, Charlie, to the success, the incredible success that Michael was able to draw <laughs> out of a ragtag, sometimes bunch of other players that would be losers, and what he was able to do to will not only himself, but everyone around him. So I know, Charlie, you're a motivational speaker, a sports fan. Can you 
talk about what you learned from there, if anything, other than the enjoyment about what it means to be a leader and to push people to be their best. Yeah. Um, what th that documentary brought out was the inner workings of Michael Jordan. And I think if you are a Michael Jordan fan, I grew up in the, in the world of basketball. It was my obsession in high school. I played it, you know, in high school. Being from New York, Michael Jordan was always the enemy, but <laughs> it's impossible. Michael Jordan was above, you know, a team. Um, and it's hard to understand what made him great. It's funny. I saw a interview with Kobe Bryant um, that gave me the insight into Michael Jordan's godless. And it's hard to understand people at that level. So it's easy to misconstrue them as being, I'm, not, I'm sure there's, there's mythos that are off in all areas, but like he's overly selfish and he's crazy. There's a lot of that stuff that goes around. But really what I believe is the Nakuda, which is the central figure, the central point as to why a guy like Jordan and a guy like Kobe Bryant are so successful is focus. When, when you're playing at a level where you are obsessed with one thing, the, the advantage you have is that you are more prepared, you are better trained, and you are more focused on your goal. Michael Jordan was the most focused player. He was talented, but he wasn't, I mean, everyone loves to say that. He wasn't head and shoulders more talented than everybody else. He was for many people. It's like what people say about Tom Brady or Kobe Bryant. If you really study basketball, you know that Kobe what was fast wasn't the fastest. Shot well, not the best. Jumped high, not the highest. What they all have in common is a certain clarity. This is why I'm on this world. So I eat for this, I work out for this, I don't have a life, I don't have friends, I have, I have basketball. And that clarity is what makes me great. And I think that clarity is what makes a lot of people great. The reason why you see a Gadol Hador, in some part, it's because he is so focused on Torah, he's so focused on Avodah Hashem, that it's the ability to be focused on what's important that makes people great. And I think you saw it in Michael in his way. Yeah, well, I, I would definitely agree, uh, Charlie, that when you know about, uh, even when he was in high school, you know, how he worked on getting himself better, uh, constantly the first one in practice, the first one there, keeping at the, uh, the free throw shot, getting all the aspects of his game in line. And I think it's focus and also the realization that if you don't work on something and you don't keep working at it, you slip. And we know yeah. that in learning as well. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, uh, if you have one day, uh, one day, I know I've misquoted that, but you have one day that you don't learn it, you really slip back too. You definitely see that by great sports figures, especially even the ones at the top of their game that didn't sit on their laurels, right? Yeah. Michael didn't let himself get fat. He didn't let him get kept on, right? Um, I would say even one thing even further, and again, I'm not going to try to, uh, your, it's your show, not mine, but I would say one thing further is that even as his incredible leaping skills had to be diminished with age because he didn't have that, that the, the electricity in his legs anymore that he had in the first, after the first couple of seasons, he worked on the other parts of his game. 
he worked on the other parts, you know, um, uh, to be willing to to get the best out of that body that he was able to do, which is yeah. also coming to terms with. <laughs> that's a skill that many many humans have not learned is to be the best that they are at whatever stage they are at, at their life. But yeah. I, I want, yeah. So yeah, he, uh, go ahead. No, he, 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 if you, if you see to the end of the documentary, he actually says his, his, the year that he feels he's at his best was the last year because he brought his mind into it. Um, it it's, it's a matter of being willing to put in whatever it takes to win. It's, 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 it's totally fundamental in Judaism. It's a concept of Ein Hadavar Taroi Elobed. It's the Gemara and Brachas. Moshe turns to Hashem and Hashem says, if you don't, if you, you, if you don't let me go, I'm going to kill them. And Moshe goes, oh my, Ein Had, and he, remember the story in Brachas, right? The Gemara, the Gemara and Brachas speaks about what happened in, in, in Shemayim when Jews were, were, were sinning with the Cheta Egel, right? Tasha's Koko, Hashem pulled away Moshe's Koach. Because his car was going to cause him, and then said, "Let me go, so I can destroy them." And Moshe said, "Wait," and he found strength that he didn't have beforehand. So that's for Kali Yisrael. That's a very important thing. Lahavdil, Elif Alpha Havdalos, a human being that says, "If I don't have the strength, it doesn't matter," and he finds a piece of himself. That's where you see greatness, and the midos that Michael Jordan have. Are, are universal. Now, what you put that towards is up to you. You want to put it to basketball, you want to put it to making money, you want to put it to, oh, that's a, that's, 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 that's a, a value based decision. But the, the, the mechanics of greatness is focused an incredible effort and taking responsibility, which is what he did. That's why, if you notice, in, in, and you'll see this in the documentary for those who've seen it, he yelled at players not because he was a bad guy, he was a great guy. They used to say that they loved hanging out with him. He played cards with them. He yelled at players because how else are those players going to be great? How else are those players going to become the best that they can be? And the only places that he respected were the ones that yelled them back. That's the famous story between him and Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr stood up for himself and he respected him. He wasn't knocking people. He was drawing the greatness out because he wasn't giving it up to even his coach to do. It's a tremendous level of a crisis. And you see it with the greatest people that we have. Wow. See, this is the part that, uh, you know, uh, as someone who actually, I had the schus, <laughs> it's very strange hearing this, of course, I'm a, but I had the schus of, of seeing Michael uh, play a number of times. Uh, um, uh, my chavrusa had season's tickets, and uh, for my son's bar mitzvah, he said, look, I can give you a, a couple hundred dollars worth of presents in a, in a farm, but ask your son what he wants. If he wants tickets, I'll give him that. So we actually went to, I actually went to um, two or three finals uh, based on that. Wow. And I remember, and I remember, um, you know, if, uh, I remember when we went there uh, after they had won. I think it might have been the second or whatever it was. And my son was eighty-three, so it was one of the. It was either ninety-six or ninety. I went to ninety-six with my son when he turned thirteen, and that was this. That was the. Uh, uh, I guess the, I think that was Utah, I believe, or um, that's when he made all the threes, and. Um, or maybe it was a different time. But anyway, the point is, I remember when he left the court, he left the court to me with a sense of, he didn't have like an ava. He, he left the court like almost as, you know, this is who I am. You didn't see the type of 
smile and 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 going up in 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 Chicago, not growing up, but living in Chicago, we heard that he was not a friendly and nice person, even though you're telling me his teammates loved him, and we know he did i even he does he did berate people uh he did call them out and I, I guess what you're saying, Charlie, is you think that sometimes a leader needs to even maybe even publicly shame the people that are around him to get the best out of him. Um, in other words, do you really think Michael is for you a paradigm of a of, of a great leader and a great CEO? I know in terms of the focus, I don't mind if you're going to say that, but but or would you say he's the exception that proves the rule, or he's actually what leaders have to be, tough and strong and sometimes even abrasive when necessary? No, I, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that you have to be abrasive. I'm not saying you have to violate halacha and be maldish barabim. I'm not saying that you go against what Kodesh Baruch Hu teaches us, which is the values of life and making sure that people are not embarrassed. I'm not suggesting that. And, and even with Michael Jordan, his teammates were scared of him. What I'm suggesting is that what you see in him was an extreme sense of responsibility. Now, as it manifests in basketball and as it manifests in him, it comes out as being abrasive sometimes. But I'm trying to get deeper than that. I'm trying to look past the abrasiveness and into the midos. And if you take the midos of someone who's achieved greatness and you put them through the system called Torah and Hashkafa, they'll come out cleaner and they'll come out more empowered. That's the beauty of what we have. So to learn from him, we don't learn from him how he does things. We know how to do things or we have Gedolim and we have uh, Mesorah to teach us how to do things. We know what's right and what's wrong. But the underlying pinnings of why he was successful is the same reasons why everybody was successful. It's that he took massive amounts of a for his team and for winning for that matter. You saw through the documentary, he was a co-coach with Phil, with, um, with Phil Jackson. They were co-coaches. Even though Jackson called the play, Michael Jordan was running the team as much as, as Jackson was. He took responsibility for winning championships on his back. And you saw, if you, if you keep on watching, you'll see when they play Utah, he was, he was fed food poisoning for the That's third right, I game. Know. I remember. He played the whole game. Yeah. He scored. Yeah. Why? Sit out. No, he, it wasn't even a question. And the only person that I've seen do that at that level was Kobe Bryant, who had back spasms when Vince Carter was ripping it up in Toronto. This way of no excuses I'm not taking a day off because it's hard. I'm not, not waking up for chakras or learning because I went to bed late last night. I am a Baal Achrayas is the Mida of how Gedolim changed the world. It's a Mida. It's, it, it matter. I'm not connecting a basketball player and a Malach Hashem Tzvakos. I'm just drawing out values. I'm drawing out principles and saying, if you look at basketball and go, that's a bunch of losers playing ball, you're missing life. The stock of our eyes of our Oma. Kodesh Baruch Hu knows what he's doing. All of life is one Echad. And the Echad manifests. And you can learn maturity. You can learn from a human being. You can learn from a basketball player. And when you see Godless anywhere, it fits a very similar system of how one became a Gadol. And I, I said, I'll go back to Kobe. It was Kobe where I hopped it from. Because in an interview with him, he said, when I got to the NBA, I realized that the players aren't hungry. They're, they have contracts. They have parties. They've got family. They're not hungry. And I said to myself, that's how Michael won all his championships. We're going to win a ton of championships. 
in Kachava. And that's the episode of greatness. That's the episode of being here in, in, in the virus. Some people go through the virus and they're wiped out because it's much harder to reach out to your clients. And it's much harder to learn when the kids are home. And then there are other people going, wait a second, how many shows are you doing during the virus? There are other people going, wait a second, it's a little harder. Take a crisis for my learning, for my family. Just, now I may fail. Michael Jordan missed a ton of shots. We forget that part. How many championship games are we watching where they just mentioned, if you'll see the documentary, they just like mentioned, oh, and by the way, the night before Michael missed a foul shot to put him into game four. Like, I'm like, he missed a foul shot in the finals? Yeah, you know why? Because when you're so focused on doing what's right or doing what's best, you can fail. And if you're so focused on making sure that you always win, and I mean in the negative way, and you don't take a chryas, it's too hard, it's too big. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm there. I'm not saying I'm that guy. I'm just saying I'm, I'm, I'm just noting it for the record. But that's the side of how people become greater. And I think when you see people that have achieved greatness, we have to learn from it. And I don't mean you take the negativity, right? You keep the icker and you get rid of the taco. You, you know what I'm saying? That's, the, that's how you learn things in life. I, I, well, you've definitely given a new uh, take on a uh, justification for at least moderate sports <laughs> fandom where you could at least <laughs> where you can we could at least say oh i wanted to see something in order to of course uh, uh it helps when you're a fan of champs and you're when you're a fan of of excellence so that's something that you could yeah. definitely you could definitely learn from um yeah. and uh I, I i i do agree with you that um that it is obviously two separate worlds but i would also say that what makes tyra so hard is that unlike the championship where you can actually like you have that image of Michael crying over that first uh, holding the uh the trophy and crying we ha- they in, in that world the symbols are there they the money is there the love the uh, the acclaim what we're looking for that golden prize that prize of becoming an ish muslim of connecting to a creator who isn't always visible, a creator who we have to recognize and see and find that the endorphins that, that go out in our mind in terms of the learning we're doing, that's already a, uh, that's already a, a struggle where you need to exercise your imagination, your mind, and your sense of your sense of great history of what it is to be part of Claudius role. So that's yeah. something where where yeah. I would go even deeper. In many ways, the way you become great in Yiddishkeit is the opposite of the way you become great in the physical world. So it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's not a, it's not a question of 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 commas. We're separated by eches. It's not a question of it's not qualitatively the same. In many times in Yiddishkeit, the, the the winners are the ones that nobody even hears about. The winners of Yiddishkeit are the ones that somebody else gets to hold the trophy over their hands. Uh, the greatest right. people that we have are not the people that stand on podiums. But still, there's a lot of work that we got to do by taking a chryas for ourselves. And, um, and a lot of that is physical. A lot of that is physical. It's I, knowing I, what I, to say yes to and no to and knowing how to work hard for what's important. Um, like I said, I don't know this personally. I just know this because I'm, 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 a, I'm, I'm a, a spectator of it. <laughs> but you're right. So you're, and, and you're making the right point that has to be clear. It's, it's not like Yiddishkeit in basketball. Yiddishkeit in many ways is, the, is a contrast to some of the modern day versions of gladiators and modern day sporting events, which is really a, a, a much more refined version of kill the guy next to you. Um, but there's also a sense in sports of 
sportsmanship. But either way, it doesn't connect to leadership. But I think the principles still apply. Well, Charles, I hope that uh, um, I, I hope you get your sports fix uh, when you need it, and yeah. uh, and for our sake and for the Terra's sake. Um, we're glad that you're here to, to give us this comments and these type of bridges. So that's it for this yeah. week, my friends. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll be meeting with Charlie on a more regular basis. And uh, so it's two thumbs up for the, uh, for the critics today on The Last Dance. But enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy it. Enjoy it, perhaps, uh, when you aren't able to crack open uh, the sugis and the shots that you should be learning. Take care, my friends. Be well. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.